So we are so excited that God has given us a word for this year. This is a year of open heaven, he said. An open heaven. God wants to get what's in heaven into your life. Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth, in your household, in your body, in your finances in your health. Do you hear what I'm saying? He said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. So this is the year of an open heaven, he says. He's things he wants to get to us. And uh, we've got to be receptive. We've got to be with faith expecting it. But we need to follow up on that in a new word or an added word that the Lord's given us for instruction as this open heaven is this is also the open heaven has to be contended for. That, let me tell you what, Paul was caught up into the third heaven and there he saw things which he said he could not even tell, talk about uh, uh, there in the presence of the Lord. We know John the Revelator was caught up into the third heaven and there he saw Jesus and as a, a lamb that was slain taking uh, uh, the seals and opening the, the scroll as they were dec decreeing and declaring worthy is the lamb. So we know the third heaven is where all of God and the saints of old and all are at today. And if there's a third heaven, there's a second heaven. And there's a first heaven. Well, we look up, see a heaven like this as our first heaven. We fly around in it and, and enjoy it uh, as much as we can. But that means there's a second heaven as well. And that second heaven is the command center of Satan or Lucifer and every demonic force, every angel that fell with him, a third of the angels. Well, some people say, well, I thought the devil was in hell. He's not. The Bible says one day he will be. He will be. Hell was created for him and hell and it, all that's in it will be cast into the eternal abyss. That day is coming, but until then, he's in the mid-heaven. He's in the second heaven. That's why Paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in heavenly places. So the, the war that we have is in a heavenly realm. And let me tell you what, Satan is trying to stand between you and what God has for you. And you and I have the responsibility to believe God, take God at His word, believe Him, and by faith then contend for that open heaven. So I want us to look this morning in the Word of God, and before we go in His Word, I want to pray, and I want to ask God for a miracle. Would you join me and believe God for a miracle? Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that you would do a miracle in this place. For everyone tuning in, no matter where they're tuning in from around the world, Lord God, and for every person seated here today, God, we want a miracle. We're asking for a miracle, a supernatural, divine miracle to manifest between our ears, in our mind, as we hear the Word. Lord God, that we would not be hearers of your Word only, but God, that your Word would come and be settled into our heart, that we would believe your word, that we will walk by faith and not by sight, that we would rise up and go into this week to walk your word out with the power of your Holy Spirit. So, Lord God, I pray a miracle that your word would become reality, that your word would become the, the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth in and through our lives. As we hear your word, we receive your word, and we'll respond to your word. This is our prayer, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Romans chapter 8, we're going to look at verse 31 and following. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? I'm telling you what, we really believe that. We'd probably want to get up and dance right now. 
And if you want to, you're welcome to do it. Just do a little dance because if God be for us, it really doesn't matter who's against us because our God is greater. Amen? He who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God making intercession for us. Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is interceding for you. You weren't even thinking about Jesus, but Jesus was thinking about you. You weren't even turned towards Jesus, but Jesus was turned towards you in your situation. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation say no? Or distress? Or persecution? Or famine? Or nakedness? Or peril? Or sword? For as it is written, for your sake, we are all killed all day long, and we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. The devil has a bullseye on us. The devil is trying to take us out. But that's not the end of the story. That's what he's trying to do. But look at what verse 37 says. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor other created things shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 37, I say over you again, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors through him who loved us. That is the divine proclamation over you today. I'm bringing it to you straight out of the word of God. So I want you to hear the word of God. I want you to hear the heart of God. I want you to hear the voice of heaven. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. You're more than a conqueror. Go ahead and say, I'm more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You've got to get this. You've got to get this. You've got to believe this. You've got to own this. You've got to walk this out this week. This has to become reality for you. Because let me tell you what, there's a real devil. And Jesus said in John 10 and 10, he's doing nothing. His focus is on three things. He's trying to kill you or he's trying to steal from you, or he's trying to destroy you. That's all he's about. Every asset he has, every resource he has, every twisted demonic spirit that he has to work with, every brokenness in man that he can flow through to affect your life, and he will choose, the devil will choose people closest to you to flow through their weakness to try and affect your life. He is trying to kill you. He's trying to kill you. He's trying to steal from you, and he's trying to destroy you. So why should we give him any credit? Why should we give him any part of our lives if he's only about destruction in our lives? But Jesus says, as that's what the enemy's doing, I've come to give you life and life more abundant. Hallelujah. So he wants us to take his word. He wants us to come under this open heaven. And if the devil is trying to stop the flow of heaven on earth, the Word of God coming to manifest in our life, we got to contend for that open heaven. we got to be willing to participate, and we got to be willing to show up and do our part in receiving what God has provided. I love King David in studying his life. And there in the Psalms we see that uh, he would not allow the enemy to intimidate him. He would not allow the enemy to discourage him. 
He was a true example of an overcomer. He had mistakes in his life. He repented and he got right back up and said, Devil, what you meant for evil, we're going to see it turn for good. He would not back down when the enemy came against him. Here's what he did in Psalms 18:37. He says, I pursued my enemy and overtook them. I didn't run from the devil. I ran at the devil. I didn't run from my enemy. When my enemy started running from me, I didn't even let them just run and hide. I pursued them, overtook them. Neither did I turn back again till they were all destroyed. In other words, devil, you're not coming back with this sickness in my life. Devil, you're not coming back with this poverty in my life. Devil, you're not coming back with this loss in my life. Devil, you're not coming back with this threat in my life. We're going to deal with it once and for all. I am a more than an overcomer through Christ Jesus, and we're going to put an end to it right now. I've seen people get healed in their body, and, and they thank God for it. And then I talked to them a week later, a month later, and they said, you know, that, thank God the healing took place, but I'm always worried it's coming back. I'm always thinking, what if it comes back? I'm being told by people when it comes back, it'll come back with a fury. It'll come back more aggressive than ever before. So here they are free, they're healed, but they're living in fear. Living in fear. I remember I dealt with some physical issues in my body that if I would do certain things, it would aggravate them and then I would suffer and suffer and suffer. But when I got healed, I remember that the devil tried to get me there. Oh, just never do that again. Don't run at that pace again. Don't, don't pick something up again. Don't, don't do that. You're going you're gonna to aggravate it. Oh, you think you're healed. You are temporarily, but it'll come back, and it'll come back worse than ever. And you know what I did? I read Psalms 1837, and I said, you know what? David, you did, you're showing us an example of what the Spirit of God would have us to do. I'm going to pursue my enemy, and I'm going to overtake my enemy, and I'm not going to turn back until I've destroyed my enemy. So what I would do is not only would I do what I couldn't do before, but I would do it even greater before, with greater energy before. And I said, devil, I dare you to come back because by his stripes I was healed. It's a done deal. And the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus is against you. All I got to do is resist you. You got to flee. So we're not going to live in fear. We're not going to live in, in, in that way again. I've seen people go through financial distress. And then they live in fear. They get ahead and, and a little ahead, but they live so conservatively. They squeeze every dime they get because they went through a bankruptcy before. They went through a hard time before. And now God's giving them opportunity to sow into his kingdom or opportunity to uh, uh, go into business or opportunity. And they're like, the devil says, oh, remember you failed here. You failed here. So now they're just squeezing everything and they live in fear. Let me tell you what. David says, I'm not going to live in fear. He says, devil, I'm going to put you you on the run and when you're on the run I'm going to chase you down I'm going to catch you and I'm going to destroy you I'm not going to be worried about this flank anymore hallelujah so you got to do this in your life as well stop just standing there waiting to see what's going to happen come on now do something greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world you got to either believe that or not and David, he's a true overcomer, and he's given us the example of how we too can live that overcoming life. Now, I want to talk to you about a book this morning that maybe you've never thought of before, uh, but the Bible brings it to our uh, remembrance. In Numbers 21, 14, in the Scripture, I don't know if you've ever picked up on this before, but he says here, uh, Therefore it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord, now, any of you, I don't know if any of you have ever bought that book. I, I couldn't find it. The book of the wars of the Lord. But the Bible says, 
there's such book that is there. Now, what is this book? The book of the wars of the Lord. It's not a part of the canon of Scripture. We know that. Just like there are many, several other books that are mentioned in the Bible that are not a part of the canon of Scripture. Uh, we know in Malachi 3.16, it's right here. It says, Then the, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another, and the Lord listened and heard them, and a book of remembrance. A book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and who esteem his name. So we, we hear about a book of remembrance in the Bible. There's also a book of tears, Psalms 56 and uh, verse 8. You take account of my wandering and put my tears in your bottle. Uh, are they not in your book? So there's a book of tears. And, uh, and, and so there's also a book of wars. And this book, we, I'm believing, as I found in Exodus 17 and 14, where God instructed Moses to write this for a memorial in a book and to rehearse it in the ears of Joshua for I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek from under your heaven. Now he's saying, as I'm taking you into the promises and taking you into the fulfillment, there's an enemy standing between you and your promises. And he says, Amalek is there. And he says, I want you, Moses, I want you to start a book of, uh, in this book of the wars, or a book that takes uh, account of the record of all the battles that are going to take place. And then I want you to share them with Joshua as well. And as we know, G Joshua is the one actually took them into their promises. So it's in celebrating the memorials of God's favor to us. And I believe this book, as it observes the series of, of the victories that we have that God gives us of his divine goodness and his divine mercy following us all the days of our life, as Moses started it, I believe that book is ever going. So I ask you, are you writing your chapter in this book? Here, the book of the wars of the Lord is to it's a continuation. And, and I'm going to put my chapter in there. And I'm encouraging you to write down in yours what God has brought you through, what God is, the victories that God has given you. He said it's very important that you write them down because as you go and rehearse them, not will they only encourage you, but they'll encourage the generation that's going to come up after you to see the mighty manifest of the strong arm of God on your behalf. Hallelujah. So I'm just here to wake you up to the fact that as long as you have breath in your body, you're probably going to be faced with some combat because the devil is not going to rest. He's not going to rest. He's going to come against us. And to us, we need not be discouraged by that. We need to realize that means we're still alive. We still have purpose and destiny that is yet unfulfilled. And we've got God in us who is greater than he who is coming against us. So we just got to keep contending for what God has brought us into. Hallelujah. Come on now, as we engage in the struggle, uh, after struggle, uh, think about what's happening. We are subjugating Satan every time. The Bible says he's supposed to be under our feet. So if he gets up in our face, guess what? we got to put him under our feet. Amen? And, and we're being transformed individually and as the body of Christ as we go through these processes. Uh, there's this metamorphosis that's taking place where we're becoming that new creation in Christ. We're growing, we're maturing, and we're overcoming the darkness of the old regime. You know, Pastor Radika, she grew up in Romania, and all of her years there, there was a dictator. And, uh, and everybody wanted freedom and deliverance and, from this dictator. And the day came there when uh, the revolt took place, and, and, and everything ch changed they, as they thought. And they went into a democratic uh, uh, process. But guess who were the ones that were vying for the positions? It was the old regime. 
Not the dictator because they had taken care of him, but the old regime. So it took, it's taken years and years to, to process and to flush out and to even change the hearts of the old regime to, to see what Romania is today. Believe you me, the devil doesn't give up easily. You may run him out of one door, but if he can find an open window, he's going to try to send some demonic uh, of his cohorts in that, through that window. So we've got to realize part of our Christian walk is a battle. It's a battle. It's spiritual warfare. It's not against flesh and blood. And you know you got fight in you because if you don't focus your fight on the devil, you're fighting with your spouse, you're fighting with your dog, you're fighting with your cat, you're fighting with the person that just cut you off uh, there on the interstate. You're fight, you want to fight with the, the cashier. You want to fight with somebody. you got fight in you. Come on, let's get that fight focused in the right direction. Come on now. Amen. So what I want to give you quickly are four of Satan's favorite tactics. He has tactics of coming against us, and I want us to identify him as we contend for this open heaven, see what he's trying to do to delay and to cause problems in our life. And just like these four uh, favorite tactics, he mixes them up. Just like if you were to take eggs and flour and milk and maybe a pinch of salt and take those four ingredients and mix them up and make biscuits or mix them up and make pancakes or mix them up and make waffles or mix them up and make spoon bread or mix them up and make wallpaper paste. You know, uh, you use the same ingredients, you just mix them up a little different. Well, here's a quick list of his favorite tactics that he uses against us. And I think this is uh, wise that we know this. And the first one is he uses the tactic of delay, of delay which he won't, tries to defer or slow down or detain or cause to tarry or postpone what God has promised to us. He tries to get in the middle of the promise of God and, and, and tries to slow it down from it coming to fruition in our lives. And the reason he uses that tactic is he's trying to discourage you and to weaken you and to wear you out, to make you lose your way and give up. Just say, I quit. I quit. It's never going to happen. I quit. Let me give you an example in Daniel chapter 10, verses 12, 13 and 14 of how Satan did this. Uh, Daniel went into a time of prayer and fasting and uh, he consecrated himself to the Lord. They needed to see a miracle from God. They needed, they needed an answer from heaven. So Daniel begins to pray. And week one comes and there's no answer. Week two comes and there's no answer. Week three comes and there's no answer. And finally, uh, a servant of the Lord shows up and here's what he says. He said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were he heard. In other words, the moment you prayed, God heard. Heaven heard your heart and your cry. But look what he says in verse 13. He says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me for 21 days. The prince of Persia. So, so we know that Satan is the prince of the air. So here's a, a physical symbolic reference of Satan and how he does warfare. For the Old Testament gives us the physical battles so that we can understand the strategies and how Satan works in the spiritual realm so that we in the New Testament who walk not by sight but by faith, we can understand how to fight in that battle. Do we have that scripture you could put up there? Uh, there in Daniel 10, 12 and 4. I'd like for them to see it if you have that. 
Uh, if not, we'll just, just, I'll just keep reading it. He says, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood you for 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to you, uh, to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. So here's, here's uh, telling us what happens, that the enemy tries this tactic of delay, that when you're praying and believing and confessing and, and, and declaring the Word of God, uh, he tries to get in there in this mid-heaven and he tries to cause interference to cause a delay. And in that delay, its focus is to get you discouraged so you'll give up. Let me tell you what, if you're facing a delay in your life from the miracle manifest of heaven in your circumstance, don't give up. That's a trick of the enemy. He is trying to uh, get you discouraged and please don't give up. So, so now what you need to do is understand you've got Michael fighting for you. Now, Michael is an archangel, that, the angel of warfare. But guess what? We don't even need Michael as much as you might would think because we now have the Holy Spirit of God in us. And greater is who he was in us than he was in the world. So you and I, we can release through the power of the Spirit of God a resurrection power. We can speak into our situation and circumstance and do warfare in this heavenly realm. How do you do it? You resist the devil. You call him out. You resist the devil and he will flee. Flee, the Bible says. You plead the blood of Jesus Christ. You plead the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb, go! and release your hold on this, and you will find that delay tactic gets uh, uh, destroyed. Another tactic he likes to use is deceit. Oh boy, does he like to bring deceit in, uh, where he's concealing or distorting the truth or misleading or fraud or cheating. The devil don't, he has no integrity. The devil has no integrity. He has no name that he's trying to uphold other than to advance his uh, agenda. He is trying through deceit to derail God's purposes in your life, to get you off track. He's trying to deceive you and make you not see the Word of God for what it says. Oh, the days of healing, are old, they're all passed by. Well, that's not what the Word of God says. Uh, well, uh, God is not, God is really a God that just created this world. He's a, you are a deist, you know, he just created this world and he wound it up and it's just ticking out. You really have no say in the matter. You just get what you get in life. Uh, there, there's no, there's no inter, divine intervention. Let me tell you why. The devil will lie to you just like he lied to Eve. He came to her and he said, God, God didn't say you couldn't, you know, in, you couldn't touch it. And he starts, he twists the word of God. He tries to deceive us. From, from that, Revelation 12 and 9 says, The great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. He deceives the whole world. He's all about deception. And you, can't, you cannot allow him to deceive you. The third thing he tries to do is distraction. If he can't uh, uh, cause it to delay, he's going to try then to lie and, and bring deceit. And if that doesn't work, he's going to distract you. 
get you mentally distressed, divided attention, disorder in your life. And he's trying to break your focus. Some of you here today could stand up and testify that the enemy has used things to break my focus and I'm not effective like I used to be. I'm not advancing the kingdom of God. I'm not fulfilling my purpose and, 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 and it's weighing down on me because I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. Come on, let's call it out what it is today. It is a tactic of the devil. It's distraction. He's trying to make you concentrate on a side issue rather than concentrate on what God has called you to do. Uh, the word of instruction from God that God gave you gets lost in the distraction. Proverbs 4 and 27 says, Do not turn to the right nor to the left. Remove your foot from evil. So if you're walking off of the path that God has called you to and the devil has distracted you, get back, turn, get back on the path. Get back into the purpose that God has for you. He will try to distract you. And the fourth tactic he uses is disappointment. Oh boy, does he use that one. That sense of failure, defeat, or frustration. And he does that to magnify the weakness of others. That's how he does it. He tries to get us disappointed because uh, he tries to get our eyes on other people. Let me tell you what, if you look at other people, they'll fail you every time. If you look in the mirror, you'll fail yourself every time. I, I one time had this person, the, the, I didn't see him at the church, and you know, when we were in a smaller chapel... You know, it was easier to see who was there and who wasn't there. And, uh, and I remember after several weeks, I, I followed up and I said, we've been missing you, brother. And he says, uh, I, don't, I don't go to your church anymore. I said, oh, really? I said, well, is something wrong? You know, what's, what's going on? He said, he said he was mad at me. I said, you're mad at me? I said, what, what did I do? It's what you didn't do. And he tells me what I didn't do. And I didn't say, and I said, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. You're a pastor, right? I said, yeah. And he says, well, you're supposed to do that. And I said, well, I didn't know. I've been through seminary, and I've actually got PhD in this thing, and no, no, one, no one's ever mentioned that. Uh, I've got mentors, bishops that I sit on, no one's ever mentioned that. Well, you're a pastor, you should know. This is what you're supposed to do. I said, well, where in the Bible does it say I'm supposed to do that? I'll line myself up, repent right now. And he said, no, it's not in the Bible. You just, you just should know. So he had an, an, an expectation of me that I didn't even know he had. And the devil used that to cause disappointment in his life, in me, and cause him. So I said, well, what church are you going to? Oh, they're all messed up. I'm not going to any church. They're all messed up. And I'm like, well, we're definitely not a perfect church. If we were, it got messed up the day you came. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> it got messed up the day I started pastoring it because we're all fallible and fallen. But let me tell you what, I've been redeemed by the Lord and, uh, and by the blood of the Lamb. And, and in this uh, working out my salvation with fear and trembling for the Lord, if I find out there's something I'm doing wrong, I want to I get it right. I want to get it right. But the devil will get you to put your eyes on other people so he can cause disappointment in your life. And that is a trick of the enemy. So what we're going to do is these four you see up here, we're going, to, we're going to see how we overcome these tactics rather than become victims of those, these tactics. So number one, here's what we're going to do. Here's our fighter jets coming in, okay? Uh, number one, we've got to take action on God's promises and that will defeat delay. 
When the enemy is causing delay, that's when you need to get up and get stronger and start making, taking action and making investment into your future. When the devil says, no, let's just wait, let's just wait, let's put it off, put it off, you say, devil, I'm not buying into that. Today is the day. The day today is the day. So I'm going to rise up today and I'm going to declare the promises of God. I'm going to invest in the promises of God. I'm going to move towards the promises of God. I'm not waiting till tomorrow. I'm not waiting till next week. I'm not waiting till next month. Enough of the delay. I'm taking action on God's promises today. Hallelujah. Because successful people take action quickly and they change their minds slowly. They're not, they're not uprooted over every little thing. They take action on truth. They take action on God's word. And they change their minds slowly because this is what God said. And if God said it, I'm going to stay the course. The second one, as we fly in, you ground yourself daily in God's Word. I said daily in God's Word, and that defeats deceit, okay? Because the enemy is always trying to lie and twist God's Word. But if you're in God's Word daily, you're not going to be twisted in His Word. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't say, well, I read that somewhere five years ago. You need to say, that's what the Word of God says today. That's what I'm going to, I'm going to stand on today. That's what I'm going to believe today. You know, the devil will come in and say, well, you prayed for healing, but the pain got worse. And, and, and that's his tactic. He's trying to deceive you and deceive you and deceive you to say healing's not for you today. Well, you just open up your Word and say, well, now I look here in Psalms 103 and bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. He forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction and crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, and He satisfies my soul with good things, uh, that, uh, my mouth with good things, so that uh, my youth is renewed like the eagle. Now, that's right what the Word of God says. Now, there's many others. I highlight mine. I I highlight it, and I go to them daily. This is what the Word of God says. I'm not going to let the devil deceive me and trick me out of the Word of God because the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit with which I contend for my open heaven because I have to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and I need to know how to use it. I need the muscle memory, if you could say that, in using my sword. So we defeat deceit by grounding ourselves daily in God's Word. And then third, we got to focus ourselves on the Lord and His commands instead of the distractions. Because you got to say, you know, the devil's trying to distract me and get me to look over here or look over there or find this person to be my Savior. People are not your Savior. Jesus is your Savior. Amen? He is King of kings and Lord of lords. So, so you gotta, you got you to say, what was the last thing the Lord told me to do? And then say, am I doing it? And if I'm not doing it, i got to focus myself on the Lord and His commands. God, I, I'm, oh, so-and-so's not doing so-and-so, and so-and-so's not uh, doing what God told him to do. Look at there. The devil done got you in somebody else's business. You, that, you're so nosy. Get out of their business. You're trying to fix their life, and your life is in shambles. You're trying to tell them what to do when you're not doing what God told you to do. we gotta, we got to focus ourselves on the Lord, and we've got to uh, uh, then uh, follow His commands. 2 Chronicles 20 and 12. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude. This is Jehoshaphat talking. And he said, they're coming against us, nor do we know what to do. 
Jehoshaphat says, Lord, there's so much coming against me. The enemy's coming. They've gotten together. There's three nations. One from each angle is coming. Their flanks is trying to destroy me. They're trying to distract me. And, and, and these distractions, I don't know what to do. And then he goes right there. He says, but my eyes are upon you, God. My eyes are upon you. Let me tell you what. Upon. Now, that's my spelling, so don't blame those folks up there. That, that type that. Wow. See there, your pastor has, has weaknesses. Okay. My, upon you. Now, maybe that will help us remember it. But our eyes are upon you, Lord. We're not getting distracted. Man, the enemy's coming in. He's trying to hit my health, and he's trying to hit my wealth, and he's trying to hit my relationship, and he's trying to hit this, my joy, and he's trying to hit all these areas. He's trying to distract me. That's his tactic. But I'm not going to get caught up in that. No, sir. I'm going to set my eyes upon you, God, and what you're saying and what you've called me to do because you're going to bring me through this mess victoriously. Hallelujah. Amen. And then the fourth thing we've got to do is we've got to thank God for all the victories that He's already won in our life. Thank God for all the victories that will help defeat the disappointment. You've got, you got to rehearse. You've got to rehearse the victories. I know we just met this past week with the contractors. We're wrapping up this, uh, the, the upstairs and all that stuff, and we were going back. And Brother Steve says, you know, Pastor, uh, he says, are, are you writing a book? And I said, uh, I need to. I've heard that I'm supposed to. I own a publishing company. Now I can publish the book. So maybe I do need to write a book. But he says, have you written a book and, uh, about what God did here? He said, you remember when I came here? He says, I don't know all the details you do, but when I came here, there was uh, metal all stacked out on his property. There were footers here. Uh, you, promised, uh, uh, you were promised by a contractor that they weren't going to charge you anything to build this building. And then things came about and that contractor was no more. And there you were left in the middle of all this. You were paying for it as you were going to church was. And, and then you uh, had this school come and it's Christian school, spirit-filled school, classical Christian education. It was a great fit. Our great mayor helped put us together as uh, we talked to the Elguts. And, and, but they were losing their building that they'd been leasing. They'd outgrown it. They needed the facility. We didn't. Uh, we, we had a little tiny facility, but we had vision for the school to be here and all. So it was like we needed to accelerate this thing. And there again, the mayor, you just keep coming in this. He helps us find after it seemed like 26 bankers that said, no, 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 y'all are crazy, you're crazy. He helps us find a banker. And this banker uh, says, she came here and looked and she said, I believe in what you're doing and I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for you. Brother Steve comes on as contractor and he saw everything that was uh, just scattered about. And he says, uh, I'm going to, this is unconventional, but I'm going to talk to the owner and see if we can't make this thing happen. And all of that started coming together. And the next thing you know, uh, we needed uh, funding uh, to get a, a, the, the, the finish the building and get into downstairs. We need the bank's participation. And uh, so we talked to their, her and she came back and she said, the bank says $400,000. If you don't come up with $400,000, uh, the bank will take care of the rest. You can get this thing accelerated and get the school in here. And we've been paying as we go. So everything, we had over a million dollars probably uh, in the property and, and the building. We had it paid for, but it was, it was erect a set, but it wasn't erected yet. You know, it was out all spread out. And we're like, wow, $400,000, what are we going to do? And I remember getting a call uh, from Brother Harry, Sister Ray. We'd flown to Portland and um, someone they know had contacted them and said, God told me I'm supposed to give. I'm supposed to give uh, to uh, 
this here, uh, and, and I need to talk to the pastor. Well, we'd flown to Portland, and uh, we were visiting Pastor Radica's family there, and my family, you know, the, my in-laws, and having a great time, but got this call. And we used to, let me just put this little parenthesis in, we were told by pastors, every time you go out of town, pastor, somebody's going to die. And every time you go out of town, trouble's going to happen. Which, you go to pastors' conferences, that's what they all laugh about and talk about. Well, we said, we're going we're to change our confession. When we go out of town, miracles are going to happen. When we go out of town, blessings are going to happen. Nobody's going to die. They're going to live. Amen. And uh, so every time we go out of town, a miracle happens. So we're in Portland. We're like, what's going to be our miracle this year? And we get this call. And we're like, praise God. And uh, we, so we call the lady. She's a widow. And she says, um, my husband passed away. And, and, uh, and, and he had an investment I didn't know he had. Uh, actually, she started out by saying, uh, God's been telling me to give to your uh, ministry in this building project. And I said, praise God. And uh, I said, uh, we'll receive it. And, you know, we receive it. And she says, but I told the Lord I didn't have anything to give. And I said, oh. <laughs> oh. And, and she says, and I told the Lord, if you provide me something, I'll give it. And she said, I went to the mailbox and some unexpected money came. So how much do you need? And I just talked to the banker saying, you need 400000 And I said, if I tell this little widow lady 400000 she's going to hang up the phone and tell our good friends, don't ever hook us up again. But I said, I'm going to be transparent. And I said, well, and I told her the story. And I said, the bank said, if we can get 400000 that they'll uh, release everything else. And we can get the building done, get the school moved in, and they can lease, and that will help pay for everything. It's just going to be a win-win situation. New families are going to come uh, to, the, to us uh, through Veritas, and, and it's going to help the church in every way. It's just a good thing. And uh, so she says, I said, it's 400000 She started crying. I said, oh, my goodness, I've hurt her feelings. <laughs> you know, I, at least she hadn't hung up yet. And she says, my husband had an investment. Before he passed away, I didn't know about it, and it matured, and they didn't know what to do, so they just cashed it out and sent me this check, and it's exactly for the amount you need. And I said, you are kidding me. She says, and I'm going to Europe on Monday, and before I leave, this money has to be in God's house. And she said, make it happen. And I said, you got three minutes? I'll be right back with you. <laughs> I called the bank and they said, here's the wiring information. I sent it to her and she did everything she did. Monday, she said, let me know now. I can't leave the States until it's there. So Monday, I, I, I got the wire notice from the bank. Everything's in the account. So I text her and said, it's here. And she said, praise God, I'm running through the gate right now. I'm the last one to board <laughs> going to Europe. Praise the Lord. Now, now that, that rehearsing that, Really, and there's many, 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 many more. But that encouraged me because as we were wrapping up with the builder, the builder says, you know, God told you. Uh, I mean, that guy told you he was going you were going to get a contractor who was not going to charge you a penny. And I said, yeah. He said, well, I want you to know to date I have not billed one second of my time on this project. For the four years we've been involved with you guys, he says, I've not billed one second of my time. Everything has been for subs and material and, uh, and all the other stuff, but I personally have not made one penny off of this. And he says, because I wanted God's word to be true uh, in, in, in you. And I was just like, praise God. So I said, well, what's the final analysis? What's our final payoff here that we've got to come up with? And it's, he says, he goes through it and he shows me everything and it's just dollars from being $300,000. 
And he says, are you okay? And I said, yes, I'm okay. He said, really? I said, praise God. I said, by us, by us just talking about everything that God did, 300000 what is $300,000 to the Lord? Now, Pastor Rodrigo, y'all got to help me with her because she's building a gym before I pay the bill. I got to pay the bill before we marry. Hold her back, hold her back. <laughs> oh, glory to God. I love her enthusiasm. It keeps us going. It keeps us going. So thank God for all the victories that you've already won in your life, and that will defeat the disappointment. That's how you take care of disappointment. And uh, Because let me tell you what, every one of us has got stories. Every one of us got testimony. Every one of us can raise our hand and say, God's done miracles in my life. Anybody? Can you raise your hand and let me say, God's done miracles in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. So we need to do that so that we can defeat um, this uh, discouragement and defeat the doubt and defeat the disappointment that the enemy tries to bring to us. So as we close, I encourage you to take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, that you'll be able to, to be able to resist the evil day and resist what the devil is bringing against you and be able to stand and advance his kingdom in a mighty, mighty way. Let me tell you why. Put on the whole armor of God. Put on that helmet of salvation. Put on that breastplate of righteousness, that belt of truth. Put on those shoes that are shod, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Nothing broken and nothing missing. Take up that shield of faith and quench every fiery dart. Yes, you're in a battle, but quench every fiery dart with that shield of faith and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema word of God. What God is saying to you from His Logos word. Take what God is saying to you. I'm in a year of an open heaven. I'm contending for my open heaven. I'm going to take the word of God and I'm going to press through everything the devil sends against me. I'm coming through it victoriously. And then he says praying all in the spirit. Let me tell you what, we're fighting in a spiritual realm. We need to be connected with the Holy Spirit like never before. We need to be yielded to the Holy Spirit like never before. And, he, and, he, and I'm going to close how I opened in Romans 8, 37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Will you take your position? Will you be the man or woman of God that will stand and say, I'm going to take God's word over my life and I'm going into my divine destiny? Let me tell you what, the devil's got a destiny for you. And it's heartbreak, it's hurt, it's loss, it's pain, it's sadness, it is fear, it is horrible. But let me tell you what, God's got a destiny for you. And it's full of joy and peace and abundance and the overflow of the goodness of God and the mercy of God and forgiveness and kindness. Let me tell you what, everything that you would ever need and so much more He has for you if you'll walk in His destiny. So will you be able, will you take a stand? Will you take a stand? Will you put on the whole armor of God? Will you put on the helmet of salvation if you have not? Giving your heart and your life to Jesus Christ? Declaring His Lordship over your life, that you surrender to His rule and His reign. Your rule and your reign will destroy you. Letting someone else that has uh, ulterior motives rule and reign over you will destroy you. But let me tell you what, if you let Jesus Christ be your Lord to rule and reign over you, He'll lead you into victory. He'll lead you into that a blessed life of abundance that He has promised to come and give us. But you've got to put your faith in Him. Do you have your helmet of salvation on? Have you given your heart and life to Jesus Christ? Have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord? 
and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead. He says you'll be saved. You'll put on the helmet of salvation. How about that breastplate of righteousness? Have your heart been covered and protected? You're not letting the devil come at your heart. You're not going to let the devil try and rob you of the love that you have for God that God also gives you for one another. That's why we're a loving church here. It's not us. It's God in us and through us. God is love. Amen. How about that belt of truth? You've been living by that lie? You've been living by the lie that you can make it on your own? You've been living by the lie that you don't need God? Come on, put on the belt of truth. That I need God's word. I need his truth. And that's what I want to live by. How about your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace? You know, peace, shalom means nothing broken, nothing missing. Meaning where you're walking, you're walking into where there's nothing broken and nothing missing. Are you tired of walking through broken things? Broken in your life, broken in your relationships, broken in your finances, broken in every area? Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and begin to walk in the shalom of God. Take that shield of faith and quench every fiery dart. In other words, if, if Satan says anything or sends anything that's contrary to God's word, say, I'm not receiving that. I'm not receiving that. This is what God's word says over me. That by his stripes I'm healed. That, that he is going to meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. I'm not getting into fear over finances. He's going to meet all my needs according to his riches and glory. He who is rich became poor that we who are poor might be made rich in Christ Jesus. So I just take the shield of faith. Quench that fiery darts. Okay? And then take the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. And that word in Greek is rhema, which means the applied Word of God. The logos is the written Word, and that Word being applied to you personally is the rhema. So you've got to take what God is saying out of His Word to you. What is He saying to you? And that's what you've got to fight with. And God said, I'm the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. God says, I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out, and I'm not going to accept anything otherwise. I cut and, and, and cut through the heavenlies and bring myself into the victory of what God has for me. Where are you today? What are you doing today? And he said, praying always in the Spirit. We need a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says how sad it is to quench the Spirit of God. That there are those that, that, that squelch the Spirit of God. He's a gentleman. He doesn't force himself on us. But he's the very nature and presence and power of God in us. We need him. We need the Holy Ghost. We need to pray daily, fill me. Fill me, Spirit of the living God. Fill this house with your presence. Fill this house with your anointing. Fill this house with your wisdom. Fill this house with your love as I receive you, Holy Spirit, and the fullness thereof. Where are you at today? The good thing is, if you need to take a step forward, you can do that before we leave here this morning. So if you would, just let's stand together. And Lord, as we stand in your presence, Lord God, you are speaking to each and every one of us individually. And Lord, we want to just take a moment and we want to give you, Holy Spirit, opportunity to speak and minister in a very special way. And as we take this moment, ask, ask yourself this question now. What is God saying to me? What is God saying to me? Just ask yourself that question. Say, God, what are you saying to me? I want to receive it. I want to hear it. I, don't, I want to embrace it. And I want to apply it to my life.
what are you saying to me, God? We're going to ask our prayer intercessors if they would make their way to the front. They're going to be here in position that if your response to God, God's telling you to go and to make this change or make this decision or, or, or pray this prayer, the Bible says that there's power in the prayer of agreement. Where two or more touch anything on earth, it will be done for them in heaven. You want, you want what this open heaven has for you, you need to stand with someone in agreement. Maybe it's for healing in your body. Maybe it's for deliverance. Maybe it's for salvation. Maybe it's for uh, a battle of, 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 of the enemy that's come in one of these tactics that's gotten a root in you and you need to, somebody to stand with you in agreement to, to come against that today. They're here for you right now. So if you would, just make your way. Just step out of your seat. Come down this aisle, if you will. Just find one of our prayer intercessors. Find that person of agreement to stand in agreement with you now. And to begin to pray an open heaven and the manifest of heaven and to come against anything that is uh, standing between you and the promises of God. Let them pray with you right now and see that happen in your life. Hallelujah. So if you need prayer, just come. You want somebody to stand in agreement for your healing? Just come. You want somebody to stand in, a heal, uh, stand in agreement for your deliverance? Come. Don't live under bondage. Don't live with something controlling your life when God's offering you freedom and deliverance. Have them stand with you in agreement right now. These men and women, they're here. Men and women of faith, they just want to stand in agreement with you. Would you come? If you need prayer, would you come? Would you come? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want to thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here this morning. I want to thank you, Lord God, for every prayer of agreement that's going to be established here on this altar today, Lord. I want to thank you, God, for the supernatural manifest of heaven on earth in each and every one of their lives. I want to thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We just thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We magnify your holy name. Glory, glory, glory to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Blessings to you. Honor to you. And power to you. In Jesus' name. Now, God, we pray that your favor and your blessings and your anointing would go with each and every one who is invested of their time on this first fruit day to be here in your house to worship you to ascribe honor and glory and praise to you. I pray, bless them, Father. Bless them in a supernatural way this week as we now go in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise. Hallelujah.